Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Cosby show. There is so much news going on and we're going to be talking about it tonight. Uh, President Trump comes out swinging and this was just a little bit ago when we're going to play the highlights of that. Meantime, also, did you see what happened in New York City? A social media influencer who goes by the name of Kai Sinat, uh, who has over, by the way, 20 million Twitch followers basically uh, caused a mob scene, if you will. Uh, Basically, Times Square, which is downtown New York. Uh, I thought it was the BLM riots at first coming back here to New York City. And I was like, oh, boy, they're coming back, just like the summer of love. That, remember, was so peaceful, according to MSNBC. But instead, it was a whole bunch of fans of the social media guy who came out there because he said he was going to be giving away a PlayStation and a whole bunch of other stuff. It's not clear if he actually ended up giving out any of this stuff. But what did happen was basically a mob scene. There was so many, like, bottles being thrown, screaming at the cops, pushing at the cops. Uh, they had to whisk away the guy. Uh, it ended up being a couple thousand. And again, it turned violent. Uh, rocks were being thrown at the police officers. I saw like water bottles, a whole bunch of stuff. And, uh, it, you know, I hate it. I hate when I see these people like dis, you know, just disrespecting the police in every single different level. I think it's disgusting. I think it's shameful. Uh, all for a social media influencer. I am happy that that's basically all it was. Thank goodness. But you know what? It just looks so, so bad that they came here to basically get free stuff and they can't even just stand freely and wait for free stuff. They got to like antagonize the police and they also took over like a hot dog cart. Every time you come to New York City, you'll love the Nathan's hot dogs. You'll love all the, you know, just the, the pretzels, everything that makes it such a classic part of New York. And you can see them overturning it. I am happy that that's basically the extent of it. But right now, the NYPD is trying to decide, well, what should they do? And also prosecutors, should they mull and should they look at incitement charges against this guy? So I want to hear you tonight. Do you believe that the social media influencer, who, again, I do not believe, had the intention of, like, creating a mob scene, but it sure as heck looked like one. And thank goodness for the NYPD. Anybody out there who sits there and says, oh, we got to defund the police. It gets me so angry because today, suddenly about a thousand police officers were told, hurry up and get to downtown New York and get to Union Square. 
which is a big area there around like 14th, 15th, 16th Street. And come on down. And as soon as they did, it started to break up. Obviously, there was a bit of hostilities between them and this massive crowd. But at least they were able to contain it. And it's a perfect, perfect example of what we should have done in the summer of love. In the summer of love, remember good old Bill de Blasio, who was the mayor at that time, said, oh, you know what? Um, we are not going to have the police kind of interact with individuals. We're going to have them stand down. And what happened? The city burned. And then finally, you know, Bill de Blasio got his big boy pants on and basically said, okay, well, you know what? Now we will have police officers maybe, like, get control back of the city. And it only took them basically a few hours at that point. So it just goes to show, thank God for our law enforcement, thank God for our police officers, and is a great example of them being calm and cool as they were getting water bottles thrown at them and angry slurs and all the rest. And they stood there and they were able to contain what could have been just nuts. They call it a full-on riot. Uh, it looked like uh, Mother Teresa compared to the Summer of Love. What are your thoughts, everybody? Did this guy actually incite a riot? Would it actually fit to that criteria? Where do you think that this should go? Or do you think, obviously, because he didn't have the intention, I don't believe this guy had the goals of saying, okay, I'm going to, like, raise mayhem suddenly on a Friday afternoon in the summer in New York City. But he should have known better because this 21-year-old live streamer obviously hyped up the crowd Obviously got the whole mob excited and should have known if you say, hey, free stuff, they're all going to come. They should have said, you know what? Uh, it's like the migrants. They're going to give them a free hotel and they're going to give them a free phone and they're going to give them free food. But I don't know if we should actually charge him with incitement. Part of me says, yeah, because he should have known. Maybe to send a message because he can't start saying, OK, I'm going to suddenly have this like flash mob show up in the middle of New York City. And not really tell anybody about it. And I'm talking about law enforcement because clearly they were caught flat-footed. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Meantime, President Trump, well, he came out swinging just a little bit ago. He had his first public statements. Remember, he made a couple comments at the airport when he came back from his third arraignment in four months, the one in D.C., not that long ago. It feels like a year ago, but it was yesterday. But so President Trump did his first rally. And I was always curious, is he going to feel constrained? And I say that because the judge said yesterday in court in D.C., basically, you should not do anything to influence the jury. You should not do anything that would have any sort of impact where the jury could feel like you're trying to tell them which way to go on the case, have an opinion on the case. Uh, we could basically hold you. I, this was an unbelievable moment. We could hold you, the former president of the United States, if you violate what we're saying to you. I mean, that is so broad. And to me, that is so ridiculous. What you're going to tell the leading candidate on the GOP side running for president of the United States, and he's the former president of the United States, hopes to be back there again. And what he's not supposed to talk about, how he feels he's being unfairly charged over and over and over again. It just doesn't make any sort of sense. And so in the middle of all this, President Donald Trump 
He came out swinging tonight. I guess he says nothing's going to muzzle me. Nothing's going to quiet me. I mean, I think it's the right thing to do. I don't think that the judge can be so broad and say we're going to lock you up if you say anything that a juror could see. He does a campaign rally. Do you see the, I mean, tens of thousands. It looked like uh, Union Square Park basically tonight. So he does a packed stadium and all the media covers it except for MSNBC and CNN. But they cover it. It's extensive. It's very visible. And then they run clips on different networks. So what, is he not supposed to say anything? Because that could technically influence a juror. You don't even know who's going to be on the jury pool for his case. They haven't even set a date yet. They're meeting August 28th, but they don't know when they're actually going to set a date. So, you know, what? They could see something on TV. You can't control that. This, to me, is just nuts. But I'm happy to see that he came out swinging because he deserves to. So here is President Trump. He's in Montgomery, Alabama. And this is what he had to say. And, boy, uh, he blasted everybody, including Joe Biden. Take a listen. And we will completely finish the job. We are going to do something that's going to be so incredible. On Election Day 2024, we're going to evict crooked Joe Biden from the White House. We're going to expel the criminals and thugs from the halls of power in Washington, D.C., and we are going to make America great again. This state has been with us right. And then President Trump, here is what he had to do is to say, basically, take a look at this pattern of indictments that just keep on coming. It's like, OK, uh, Devin Archer, the best friend of Hunter Biden and the Burisma board member, he comes out. And then the next thing, guess what? Well, wow, there's more charges against Trump. Could that be a coincidence? Take a listen to President Trump a little bit ago. As an example, every one of these many fake charges filed against me by the corrupt Biden DOJ could have been filed two and a half years ago. They didn't want to do it two and a half years ago. They wanted to wait, and they did wait. They waited right to the middle of an election And they waited until I became the dominant force in the polls because we're dominating everybody, including Biden, in the polls. And then they filed them all, every one of them, all at essentially one time, including local DAs and AGs and even other cases right in the middle of the campaign. Yeah, there he was coming out swinging. He seemed a little tepid. Maybe he's trying to figure out, okay, what can I say? What can I not say? I don't want to get held. I do want to go. I don't want to be behind bars while I'm campaigning. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Eddie, line five. Uh, Eddie, your thoughts. Um, I know you want to talk about uh, the, I guess, mayhem at Union Square that everybody around the country is talking about tonight in New York City. Go ahead. I feel so honored, Rita. Rita, I want to yell at you, okay? How could you, you yell at me? I'm Danish and Polish. How could you yell at me? And I am your brother. <laughs> my gosh, and I know. I'm only kidding. I want to say to those out there, like my uh, brother Stan, who gets on and yells at you, please don't do that to a lady. Thank you. you. Know, but you would defend my honor, right, Eddie? Uh, I, uh, till the end, Rita, I really would. If, absolutely. There would be no bounds that I wouldn't cross to defend your honor. And and I'm really like, I'm a, I had a first, a first date with a beautiful 
girls are, and a guy came between us and he wanted to fight. And she goes, I can't believe that you dissolved this with words like my father would. And she just said, thank you so much. That's a so, gift. That's a gift. Um, and so now, Ed, what did you think of tonight at Union Square? Well, I'll tell you, I taught, uh, I taught. Human Relations of Public Speaking for Dale Carnegie. Uh, tonight, I think if you throw a bottle of water at the police officers, that's an assault. You should be arrested. Where is Eric Adams in all this, and what is his take on it? And uh, with Donald Trump, Rita, uh, you know, this is um, – I, 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 when, I, when I stutter, I don't have words for it. I really don't. Yeah. What Now, what do you make of the fact that the judge actually said yesterday, this is the magistrate judge, uh, said, you know what? These are our conditions. You can't talk to a witness, um, which makes it kind of complicated because it looks like there's a lot of witnesses that they're trying to bring in. And you can't influence the jury. The influence the jury part is especially difficult because, I mean, at, right now you don't know who's on the jury. You know, I mean, I, this is crazy. So it sounds to me like she's kind of sending him a warning. Um, in other words, you better be kind of quiet and don't, you know, start chastising the special counsel. Don't start chastising me. Um, you know, don't, don't, don't go overboard. But guess what? He is a candidate for president of the United States. He's the leading candidate. How dare they try to shut him up? So, Rita, in, in an effect, she's bullying him. I agree. She's threatening him. I'll take it one step further. Go ahead. Right. And I think when he gets elected, and I say this in my prayers every night, we should have something like a Nuremberg trial, and Joe Biden is a traitor. What do you do to a traitor? You know you know what they, they've done? There's a place um, in uh, Stony Brook called the Country House, and they found a – what about Patriots – and he wasn't in uniform, so they hung him at the top of the stairs. It's still haunted to this day. But so what do we do to a president of a country that's a patriot, that, that's a traitor? And I, I texted this to John Casabertides, um, who I became friends with. China is currently waging a war against America from the Oval Office. From the Oval Office. Well, and, and, and Ed, by the way, I think if these allegations about President Biden are true, and we clearly heard from Devin Archer this week, as I mentioned, Hunter Biden's uh, former best friend and former business partner, a board member on Burisma, what he said I think was so damning. And I think right now it surely looks like at minimum President Biden is lying because he said he didn't know anything about his son's business deals. That's inconceivable at this point. I mean, that's just absolutely a flat out lie. Uh, Devin Archer not only says that he was on the phone at 20 different times over the years on the speaker phone, but he also says that they were at this Cafe Milano, this restaurant in Washington, D.C. There are so many questions. And for that reason, it looks really fishy. And you're right. If indeed these allegations and it looks like it's pointing in that direction, uh, it is traitorous. It is treason. Um, and it is bribery, and those are high crimes and misdemeanors. Those are really serious offenses, which is why uh, we got to get to the bottom of it so the American public will know the truth. Um, Eddie, thank you. I love you. I appreciate it. And by the way, Ed, you asked about where Eric Adams was. He was not there, I don't think, at Union Square, but he did put out a tweet a little bit ago, and he says, thank you to the NYPD for their quick work getting the situation at Union Square under control 
Uh, I want our streets to be alive and full of joy, but they must be safe. That's the most important thing. So thanking the NYPD, which is the right response. Uh, so at least bravo to him for putting out that tweet because the NYPD did an amazing, amazing job. It could have been crazy. I talk about how nuts it was. That was minor compared to what it could have been. Eddie, I love you. Uh, take good care of your Polish Danish heritage. I appreciate it. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Well, uh, this song, Life in the Fast Lane, could fit a lot of our topics tonight. Uh, first off, certainly the chaos at Union Square in New York City. Everybody's talking about it. There were thousands upon thousands of people who showed up to see this gamer guy, Kai Sanat, who has 20 million Twitch followers. He planned to give away PlayStations, computers, microphones, and it seemed like half of New York City showed up to meet him. Uh, and get the freebies. And also, life in the fast lane fits Trump, and it certainly fits Hunter Biden, because I've seen a lot more of Hunter Biden than I ever want to see. Uh, I learned all the stuff about life, the birds and the bees, just by looking at the Hunter Biden videos. Wow. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Your thoughts of what should happen at the Union Square mob scene tonight do you think that the guy who said hey come on out for this freebie do you think that he should be charged with basically incitement charges or do you think it was an innocent mistake even though it was chaotic and bottles thrown at cops and everything else uh that he should get off scot-free 1-800-848-9222 let's go to norm on line three norm your thoughts my my thoughts are, Rita, is that, yes, I think they should certainly go after the uh, the people that rioted. I don't know necessarily the organizer, but um, the main reason I'm calling, Rita, is I have written a ballad of Fuzzy Teddy, and I would like to know if I could read it on the air, But although going up against the, uh, the hard break, I believe. Yeah, so that's I'm, what I was going to say. So do me a favor, Norm, because I know that you have the poetic skills of William Shakespeare. So because of that, if you could uh, stay with us, we're going to go to a break. 
Um, and then uh, after the break, I'll make sure I get to you. Okay, hang with us. Norm is going to give us a beautiful ballad for Fuzzy. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, an inflatable jump bag was deployed on the interstate in White Plains to help save a woman who was threatening to jump from an overpass onto the highway. The incident happened just recently after 7 a.m. When Westchester County Police, the White Plains Fire Department, this comes from White Plains, New York, and also White Plains Police also were sent to help a distraught woman who was threatening to jump from the Anderson Hill Road Bridge over Interstate 287 in White Plains, New York, just outside of New York City. Well, the Westchester County Police Crisis Negotiation Team was sent to the scene as well to help negotiate with the woman by listening to her uh, and also talking to her and trying to let her know that she was not alone. Moreover, during the negotiation process, also White Plains police immediately worked to set up an inflatable jump bag on the highway directly below the woman and coordinate with firefighters who positioned a ladder with a bucket meant to hold her. Now, according to officials, uh, they basically also put safety lines on the overpass before an officer and a firefighter stepped over the bridge's railing and secured the woman. The police and the first responders were then able to safely get the woman inside the bucket and lower her to safety. Following the rescue, the woman was turned over to first responders to make sure that she received the critical care that she needed to comfort her. Uh, they also said to remind everybody because it is a very stressful time and mental health issues are certainly on the rise across this country. A powerful reminder from the White Plains police and police everywhere saying, guess what? Help is always available to you or a loved one who finds themselves in a desperate state of mind. Be sure to call 911. And bravo uh, to this great coordinated effort between police and first responders, uh, as well as having that inflatable jump bag uh, that a woman was able to be saved just outside of New York City in White Plains, New York. Wow, what a powerful story. Well, you know, we're talking about the mob and everything that was going on in Union Square. Everyone's been talking about these images all over the place. Um, and it comes across also at the same time of what happened recently in Chicago. And Norm, I know you're holding on. We're going to get to you in a second with your beautiful poem. Um, but I wanted to let you guys know that it reminds me of what happened in Chicago because these huge like flash mobs are happening over and over again. Now, very different scenarios. 
because what happened in New York, thousands of people showed up in Union Square Park and they came to talk to this gamer, to meet this gamer, Kai Sanat, who has over 20 million Twitch followers. He's the number one uh, guy with the most Twitch followers in America right now. He said he was going to give away all this stuff. So all these people came out. Here it is, you know, uh, a hot Friday came out and we're thinking, oh, God, we're going to get all this free stuff. We want to meet this gamer and we want to get these free things. So they came out. Things got tense. They started throwing bottles at the police. Luckily, there were enough police officers on the scene to defuse it. But meantime, in Chicago, get a load of this. In Chicago, let's juxtapose it with uh, the new mayor of Chicago, who I think has half a brain. Because I thought Lori Lightfoot was the worst of the worst mayors in Chicago. And now the new mayor, Brandon Johnson, makes her look like uh, Bill Bratton. Let's put it that way. I mean, this is like unbelievable. And I thought Bill Bratton did a great job, by the way, as NYPD Commissioner Ray Kelly, too. Um, you know, we've had some great NYPD commissioners, Keyshawn Sewell. Uh, you know, there's so many good ones uh, that have been out there. But this guy, who is the mayor of Chicago, guess what? This mob, this was an organized group, very different than what happened at Union Square in New York. But this group comes out with an intent to overrun the 7-Eleven in Chicago. They plan on trashing the place, robbing the place. We've seen these flash mobs. There was an image a couple months ago of them overrunning uh, a big restaurant uh, in the Queens, and it was totally destroyed. It was really heartbreaking to see. Or them coming into, like, different convenience stores. Uh, We saw it during the Summer of Love. Look what they did to Macy's and to other places. But in Chicago, a group of about 400 teenagers go in and they trash a 7-Eleven, wreaking havoc, uh, you know, stealing things, breaking things, just totally trashing the store. So it basically is just overrun and demolished. That is a crime. I mean, it's different than showing up at Union Square. But that's a mob. And I call it a mob. I call the group that showed up that were pushing police officers an angry mob. I don't think the other people, I think a lot of people showed up there for nice intentions. But in Chicago, these people organized to go attack this 7-Eleven. They overrun it. They destroy the place. What does that do to the business people? You know, they may never recover. I mean, we've seen these things happening time and time again, and it's scary. You know, you're by yourself or you're with, like, maybe another, like, person in the store. Suddenly hundreds of teenagers wielding sometimes baseball bats and other things come into your store. I mean, it's frightening. There's been, like, robberies. There's been, you know, physical attacks. Uh, The store was totally destroyed. So what does Mayor Brandon Johnson do in Chicago when the reporters say, boy, this is like mob action. This is crazy. It's like mob rule in Chicago. It's Chicago, which is having skyrocketing homicides and carjackings and everything else. What does Brandon Johnson do? He gets into semantics and says it's not nice to call the teenagers mob. That that is like the godfather. I, I, I thought I thought this guy is nuts. He is arguing. He's not saying, boy, this is terrible to break into these stores. We're going to throw the book at these kids. We can't have repeat offenders. He's not saying that. Oh, no. He's saying it's not nice to call these looters mob. You've got to be kidding me. Listen to this guy. This is the new mayor of Chicago, and you wonder why Chicago is going downhill fast with this kind of leadership. Take a listen. 
Oh, you're not aware of some of these large gatherings? No, that's 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 not appropriate. We're not talking about mob actions. I didn't say that. Okay, what I'm. Hold on a second. Okay, respectfully, these large gatherings. These large gatherings. Just hold on a second, y'all. I promise you, we have time to talk. It's important that we speak of these dynamics in an appropriate way. This is not to obfuscate what is actually taking place. But we have to be very careful when we use language to describe certain behavior. There's history in this city. I mean, to refer to children as like baby Al Capones is not appropriate. So, 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 let me just, so just, let me, just let me finish, please, okay? What I'm saying is, is that when you ask for very specific examples, there have been other attempts to have large gatherings, and we've intercepted those attempts. Can you believe that? If I was a reporter in the room, I'd say, I have another question. Are you nuts, Mr. Mayor? Are you serious? Are you on drugs? Because you have these gangs, these mobs that are overrunning Chicago where people don't even want to go and visit anymore. People barely want to live there. They're leaving in droves like they're leaving a lot of other big cities in droves because of crime and problems. And then you've got these soft on crime leaders like New York's Alvin Bragg. And then you've got Mayor Brandon Johnson in Chicago. You've got George Gascon in L.A., who's the D.A. there. These guys are bringing it to the toilet. You got these repeat offenders and you got these young kids that think it's okay to go attack a 7-Eleven and totally destroy it. And he's afraid. He's playing word salad and saying you shouldn't use the word mob. This guy is nuts. He is part of the problem. And this isn't the only time. After there were riots, almost immediately after he was elected, this is what he had to say because The people said, boy, this is so bad. These teens are out of hand. You've got to throw the book at them. Sort of the broken windows theory. We were talking about Bill Bratton, the NYPD commissioner, who really believed in broken windows, where you go after the smaller crimes. You know, if they start, like, doing these, you know, random break-ins and destruction to property, you go after them so they don't go worse. And it's, it's dangerous. If you're a business owner, this is a serious crime. You know, you can't have these, like, gangs, like, running, like, aimlessly without any repercussions, but that's what they want in Chicago. And this isn't the first time, because when he soon became mayor, this is what he had to say. He said it's not nice to criticize. He didn't say the word mob was okay, I guess, then. Uh, Not for him, but for others. But he said, you know what? Um, it's not nice to demonize the children. They're just such sweet little souls that are going in and destroying businesses and basically burning them to the ground. Listen to this guy. Look, demonizing children is wrong. We have to keep them safe as well. Have you ever taught middle school? I have. Have you ever raised young people? Do you understand the risk that young people take just because they're young? Do you know that home plate is at the bottom of my stairs? I found that out when my son was sliding down those stairs trying to score. They're young. Sometimes they make silly decisions. They do. And so we have to make sure that we are investing to make sure that young people know that they are supported. It's nice to support them, but it's also nice to support businesses. You know, I mean, what a moron. This guy is crazy. And to sit there when mobs have overrun businesses and to say, don't demonize kids. Don't call them mob. That's not nice. 
How will Chicago and great cities like this ever turn around if you have these liberal apologists at the helm? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go back to Norm. Norm, thank you for waiting. Uh, first, before I get to your poem, what do you make of this uh, Chicago mayor? I mean, this is just crazy. That's that's uh, the reason why Chicago will probably never recover. And uh, it's even more of a nightmare than New York. So it's, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they, uh, they, they can't, you can't allow 400 young people to, uh, you know, loot and, uh, and, uh, you know, and riot inside of a store. It's Yeah. And then, and then he doesn't say, he doesn't condemn the looting. He, what he condemns is that people, the media, it was reporters in a press conference. I don't know if you can hear it too well, but the reporters were like saying, what do you make of this mob? Oh, 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 don't call a mob. I, I mean, he's making excuses for the mob, the looters, and doesn't condemn them. I mean, I agree. Uh, Chicago's done. Uh, it is done. And after this, it's just, it's another nail in the coffin when you got a leader like this. Uh, Norm, you're, I want to hear your great poem. You said you had a great poem. Okay. All right. This, this is, uh, the ballad of Fuzzy Teddy. Yeah. And with all due respect and credit to Paul Hennings, the ballad of Jed Clampett from the Beverly Hillbillies. Okay. And by the way, can you explain show. to everybody? I know who Fuzzy Teddy is. Uh, Teddy is the caller who is Teddy, never, who's more prickly than Fuzzy, but. <laughs> right. Teddy, 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 uh, Teddy has, Teddy disagrees with, mo- I would say, a lot of the people that call the show. And that's fine, but he he uh, he he gets very angry, and uh, and he shouldn't because uh, you, you give him plenty of time. So, I do, anyway. I do. So yeah, so let's hear the poem, Norm. Let's hear this great okay. piece of art. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse my voice, Rita. Actually, uh, by the way, I like um, the fact that you're clearing your throat, like you're you are preparing for this moment, Norm. It's great. I'm preparing for this, Rita. I'm very nervous, actually. Okay. <clears throat> Come and listen to a story about a man named Ted, poor mathematician whose politics were red. Then one day he was calling being shrewd, but out from his phone came a bubbling rude. Words they were, liberal, straight from NSNBC. Well... Next thing you know, old Ted's a radio bore. Rita Cosby's the show in which he likes to go too far. Here in New York City on WABC, he yells at BJ, Jackie, and Norm with inferiority complex glee. Talk radio, that is. Conservatives. GOPs. (laughs) Norm, that's actually really good. Norm, you did a great job, and I think you actually summed it up beautifully. Uh, it is it is the Thank perfect you. way on a Friday night, and I hope uh, good old Fuzzy Teddy is listening, because uh, you're right. Yes. He always seems to have everybody in the crosshairs, and he names you, but you and your beautiful, beautiful poetry and your singing. And by the way, I used to love that show. That was a great show, by the way. Beverly Hillbillies, that was one of my favorites, so it was great. Norm, thank you. You're awesome. You put a big smile on my face, and I'm sure everybody else listening out there, except for Ted. <laughs> Thanks, right. Norm. Thank you. Let's go to Al in Yonkers, line seven. Al, uh, I don't know if you have a song, but uh, let me know what you're thinking about uh, what's going on, especially between Chicago and New York and these crazy scenes. I'll read it. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, no, in Chicago, it's very unfortunate. Uh, The people of Chicago, last November, they had a choice between a law and order uh, 
person from the city who has been on uh, your show, uh, Katz and Cosby. Uh, he was in the runoff against the person who beat him, the incumbent mayor now, the mayor now. And the people of Chicago, unfortunately, they they chose the uh, candidate who was soft on crime. So the city is in disarray. Like you said, it's it probably will never come back the way it was like San Francisco. And it's really upsetting because these were beautiful cities. Yeah, you hit it on the head. Uh, you know, Chicago, they had a choice. And the guy who was running against this Brandon Johnson, he was a Democrat, but he was a pro-police Democrat. He was a big supporter of the police. And they had a choice, and they didn't go for that. Um, and they picked this guy who, even before the election, talked about defunding the police. Uh, I mean, uh, who in Chicago says this is the right choice? I mean, that is crazy. At a time where crime is skyrocketing there, it is insane. Uh, let's go to Larry real quick. Line five. Larry, your thoughts. Yeah, Rita, uh, can you hear me? Yep, I hear you great, Larry. Go ahead, Larry. I don't I don't understand why you would even ask the question. The definition of the word incitement means to provoke unlawful behavior. Um, if somebody is giving out free goods, uh, I, I don't see how he's deliberately provoking unlawful behavior. I mean, are you asking the question just because we, we've sought to redefine, um, you know, crowd behavior by rewarding them in that lawsuit and, and what's going on in Chicago with all those comments? I mean, yeah, by the, by the way, it is it is just a question. I'm not saying I I agree with that. I mean, I, I agree more with you. I, I think I think it's dangerous to and I don't think the guy's intent was to uh, cause uh, mayhem and. There's different levels of mayhem for sure as we're comparing it to Chicago. Uh, it's not mayhem, but, um, but it did get a little unruly. And, and I think there, there needs to be something where at least I think you should have told the police, Hey, by the way, we're going to have this enormous crowd. Um, how can we organize it? Maybe work with law enforcement. So, or, you know, law enforcement isn't caught flat footed, you know, especially if they know that X amount of people might show up because the guy's got 20 million followers. So. I don't know, maybe it totally caught him by surprise. You just don't want, what concerns me, Larry, is you just don't want other people saying, hey, come on out. Uh, hey, it worked for this guy. Now tomorrow, come for my freebie. You know, that that's a dangerous place. We need to sort of like figure out how it can just be done constructively. And I don't like people throwing bottles at cops. But again, I, to your point, Larry, I don't think that this guy had that intent um, going in whatsoever. So, you know, you're right. I'm just throwing it out as a question. There's different layers of it. But I also think you have to somehow know that when you say, hey, come on out, everybody, I'm going to do these freebies. I would imagine he's done other events before. I don't think this is his first one. I don't know that much about the guy. Uh, but if indeed he's done other ones before that have gotten out of hand, then maybe they do need to have at least a talking to him about it and say, hey, uh, you need to tell your followers to respect authority to do it orderly or figure out another way than showing up suddenly at a park and suddenly thousands upon thousands of people because it could have gotten really out of control. And that's why I just think there needs to be some balance of respecting officers or doing it in a contained way, you know. Uh, that's my only point. Everybody, we're going to continue your calls after the break. 1-800-848-9222. Don't call them mobs. Don't call the looters in Chicago. They're just nice people breaking in and destroying property. Don't call him a mob. The mayor says so. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh. 
The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And in the next hour, we're going to talk about some devastating new details that don't look good for Joe Biden, who says, I know nothing like Sergeant Schultz about his son's business deals. Uh, but we are also talking about the craziness at Union Square Park. Let's go to BJ, line seven. BJ, your thoughts, my friend, real quick. In all my life, I've never seen a riot at Union Square. Today is the nightmare at Union Square, and we're a matchstick away from all sorts of craziness. That was a riot, plain and simple. And that is really frightening to me because to think that we have police that should be monitoring when large groups move upon locations in the city, and we were totally unprepared for this. By the way, that is is a very, very good point, BJ, because – uh, you're right. They should have been aware, first of all, to see the crowd. Uh, I also think this uh, gamer should have alerted them that thousands of people were going to come. There are so many issues. BJ, thank you. We're going to take your calls, everybody, in the next hour. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
Tonight on the Rita Cosby just Rita Cosby show just in here is that this gamer Kai Sanat, who has tens of millions of followers on Twitch. This is the guy who told everybody, hey, come on out to New York City's Union Square Park. You've probably seen the video everywhere. It's like a massive, massive crowd of thousands upon thousands of people came. It got unruly, people throwing cones, bottles, rocks, brawling with each other, and also the NYPD uh, that was totally surprised that this huge crowd suddenly came out when he posted on social media saying, hey, show up at Union Square. I'm going to be giving away a PlayStation, computers, microphones, other gaming accessories, meet and greet, come and, come and show up. And thousands upon thousands did, and then they got out of hand. It was scary. So here's the new details. The streamer, Kai Sanat, is going to be hit with a slew of charges for organizing that mob of very unruly fans uh, that now we're learning sent several people to the hospital and left multiple police cruisers and also the Union Square Park really trashed. Uh, we also saw it was like a hot dog stand, you know, one of those vending carts. It looked like it was totally destroyed. They were just taking apart everything and throwing it at police, but also throwing it at each other. Uh, the social media influencer is going to face two counts of inciting a riot and unlawful assembly. So very interesting. The 21-year-old guy uh, hadn't obtained a permit, it turns out even for the gaming giveaway in the park. And, of course, as we all know, that event quickly turned into violent chaos. Thousands of people storming the streets, blocking cars, standing on top of cars. You could see it. It was really scary if you were, like, in the cab or some of these others. Union Square is a very busy area. But now he's going to face two counts of inciting a riot and unlawful assembly. What is your reaction? Many of you have seen the images. What do you think tonight? Based on these new details, 1-800-848-9222, Uh Let's go to Phil, uh, line three. Phil, your thoughts. This is interesting. Uh, he will be charged. Yes. Hi, Rita. Good evening. Um, listen, this, these events, such as the, these riots here in Chicago and in L.A., whatever, these are part of the... ENC, the Democratic National Committee, and also of the, the Soros-backed organizations such as Black Lives Matter, they want to take down. This is part of the philosophy of the takeover of America. This is what I see. They are taking down the big cities. If you can disrupt life in a large metropolitan area, what happens? People panic. You've got them in a constant state of fear. Secondly, People see this, and they move out of the the large cities. The large cities are the key to this country. You destroy the large cities, you basically cripple what what they call the the right wing, okay? The right wing is strong in the Midwest and South. You're not going to pull these stunts. I don't think you can get away with it down there. But they get away with it up here because they want people to conform and just stand there and take whatever they throw at them. These are tests. These these large-scale assemblies are tests. They're, they're, paid, they're bought and paid for. 
And I think between you and me, the guy who organizes should spend at least two or three years in jail. You think so? You, you think fight. it's I, I, I agree. He needs now that I'm hearing that people went to the hospital um, and that uh, all this property was destroyed. Um, there should be something. And he didn't get a permit. You know, I mean, and he, he was kind of laughing, having a good thought. It was really fun. I mean, it's nice to see a lot of fans, uh, but he should have immediately said, do not throw anything at police. Uh, go home, everybody. I mean, there should have been, it, it didn't look like he did anything in that regard. And also, you can't suddenly tell. You've got 20 million fans. Uh, we could see the images. I'm sure his, you know, uh, team members said, hey, by the way, you should see the crowd there. You know, I mean, it should have been a big blaring sign. You can't have, and I worry about copycats, Phil. That's what I worried about when this happened. I thought, you know, and even before I heard that people went to the hospital, uh, I worried about other people saying, oh, that looks cool. Let me try it for my followers tomorrow. You know, that's what you could see it happening. So I, I think you're, you're saying that they should send a powerful message. Um, I think is spot on now that I'm hearing the damage. And I don't like the fact that they were nasty to police and throwing bottles and, you know, and almost trying to provoke the police, too. You know, they came there with their shields. But you could tell they were almost trying to, like, get into a fight with police so they could videotape it, you know, which is just a scary thing uh, that's been happening these days. Phil, thank you. You're terrific. Let's go to Tony, uh, Line 5 in Florida. Tony, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Before I give you my thoughts, I wanted to make a comment about the the three Democrats that are always calling I find very distressing that these men call and they're misogynistic um, bullies to you. They browbeat you. They yell at you. They mock you. And you're an intelligent, educated, kind person that has never said a cross word to any of them. And where do they get off treating you that way? And how come you never hang up on them? You know why, Tony? Because I feel like even if I completely disagree with most of what they say, um, I believe it's America. And I believe it, you know, I believe that uh, I hate this cancel culture. I said that when we launched this show several years ago, guys, that I like hearing from everybody. Uh, even if I don't agree with them, I will at least let people air their thoughts. And I think it sheds light on what different people are thinking across this country. Uh, but you're right. Sometimes they are a little loony kazoony, but at least they're consistent, Tony. At least they're consistently yeah, loony, right? <laughs> one thing about them that was, yeah, that's true. They are consistent. It's like you're Mensa and they have one digit IQs. It's like, that's how bad it is. Uh, but at least they're consistent. So, you know, I, I give them, I give them, and I like hearing from everybody. I feel like you learn from everybody, no matter where they are on, you know, uh, different views, different perspectives. I always welcome them and and thank you for me saying that I treat them with respect because I believe everybody deserves respect. We, we do, and shame on them for the way they talk to you. That's all I can say, shame thank on them. Thank you. Now, Tony, what did you think of the fact, this new news here, that um, that now this guy has been arrested? This just came in. This is this social media guy, this Twitch influencer. He has now been charged with inciting a riot and also unlawful assembly. Well, whenever you have a crime, you have to prove intent. And I don't know how they're going to prove that he intentionally caused a riot. I really don't. He might not have been very smart about it. Maybe he could have set it up like a free raffle so that 
you know, everybody could patiently wait for numbers to be called at. I don't think they go crazy then, but I don't think for a second that he did it intentionally. Yeah, I don't either. I, I do think maybe there's certain things he could have clearly have done. I mean, if he was planning on a huge crowd, I guess, you know, we're going to find out. Uh, did he maybe know? Maybe he's had other ones that have been big across the country and maybe he should have known or they should have done like a scouting out to go, oh, whoa, this is a huge crowd. Uh, maybe we should, uh, call the police. Maybe we got to figure out X. Maybe we got to do this. Um. I mean, you know, if you're caught in the middle, you could see all these cars were caught in the middle of it. It was downright scary. Um, and I agree with you. I don't think he necessarily intended. There's probably, obviously, certainly things he could have done to change it. But I, in a way, they need to do something to send a message to others. Because I said to you, I'm going to worry that other people are going to try to copy it. And somebody else is going to say, oh, well, let me see if my fans will show up for X. And yeah. I can cause that. that's that's what's scary. But I agree. I don't think he intended uh, although, you know, he didn't have a permit and it doesn't, I, it's unclear if he ever told them to go home peacefully and patriotically, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sound familiar, Tony? <laughs> Thanks, Tony. You're terrific. And thank you for coming to my defense too, Tony. I love you. You are so terrific. Uh, let's go to George on line three. George, your thoughts about, uh, now this guy is going to be charged, this social media guy. This guy, uh, people like this. Uh, they should, uh, uh, they do deserve to be punished, locked up, as that previous caller mentioned a couple of years, uh, as uh, to set an example. Because as far as uh, deliberately or not, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's like driving a car and hitting someone, killing that person, but not deliberately. Uh, you might be uh, convicted uh for mass, uh, uh, of manslaughter, you might be locked up as well. One more thing, very important, and this is a generalized point of view on my part. I believe that when you have in a nation, in any society, too much democracy, you know, that's what happens. Mob rule, anarchy takes over. Now, we in this country, especially in liberal states, have been having tremendous over democracy, too much of it, you know. Uh, as you you know mentioned, Chicago, for example, etc. When you have too much democracy, you know, I'd rather tyranny or dictatorship than too much democracy. Too much democracy means lack of freedom for the good and decent people, and freedom, you know, uh, for uh, destroying their nation, you know, uh, uh, as far as. Uh, uh, bad people, evil ones. Well, you know. well, and George, but listen, we got you. Got to appreciate. I, I hear where you're coming because we got to appreciate what we stand for: uh, rule of order, law, uh, appreciating values, and uh, you know, you would have to imagine this guy. And again, I don't necessarily. I don't know this guy. I don't think he necessarily uh, would. Uh, plan this and say, oh gosh, uh, I'm, you know, it's going to be a mob and they're going to go after the police. I don't think he necessarily intended that. But when you have 20 million fans and you suddenly say, hey, we're going to give away all these free things, it's almost like the migrants at the border. Guess what? They all come to New York when they heard free hotels and they heard free food and they heard free this and free phones and everything else. Guess what? They swarm to New York. And so this crowd on a summer, you know, when a lot of kids are out of school and everything else on a Friday, 
uh, said, hey, you know, I'm going to give you X. I'm going to give you X. I'm going to give you this. And they came on out. So he should have known better, clearly. And there does need to be some sort of a message so somebody else doesn't sort of try this. Again, I bring up the word copycat. You know, you don't want to see somebody else doing that. That's for one. And you also want to just make sure uh, that things are organized. He didn't have a permit. He didn't have something planned. I mean, what did he think? He's got 20 million followers that, like, uh, what, three people were going to show up? I mean, obviously, you would imagine a lot of them are going to show up, and he would know. There was probably a lot of talk on social media saying, hey, I'm coming to town, or I'm going to be there as well. So I think for all of those reasons, um, he should have acted responsibly. I agree with you on the intent. I think Tony said that earlier, that she didn't see there was intent in it. And I don't think he intended it. Maybe I think the best of everybody, even Stan and Ted who call in. Um, but I do believe that, you know, people were trying to do, maybe he was trying to do something nice. But who knows? It backfired big time. Let's go to Joel on line four. Joel, your thoughts. Um. I'm going to take it. Here we go. Um, I think that the full weight of the law needs to be tossed at this guy. And my concern is that although the arrest is going on and the process, will the DA actually go after them and, and give any teeth to the arrest and give the proper sentencing when time comes? I was just at a community board meeting. I'd say no and no, based on Alvin Bragg, but go ahead. (laughs) Probably not, yeah. I just want to relate something that's kind of a side note off of this, off the community board meeting I attended. First off, I just want to mention, I'm a tour, I I wear a lot of hats. One of them is tour guide in Central Park. And I'm very concerned about about people being housed in Central Park, which, by the way, past 1 o'clock is illegal to be there. No one is allowed to be there past one o'clock. That now, is a law. Joel, just it's so, just there. so I think I know what you're talking about. I just want to make sure, um, everybody understands you're talking about the discussion of maybe migrants being moved to Central Park. You bring up a superb Indeed. point because how could they be there after one o'clock? They'd obviously have to get some sort of waiver. Uh, and the other thing is that is, that is, that is a such a public park where everybody, Indeed. all ages hang out. I mean, that's a concern. It's an iconic location, and it's going to cripple. Uh, it's already affecting uh, the tour industry in New York City, but it's really just going to wreck it in Central Park. Anyway, I want to take that. I spoke about this at the, at the community board meeting, but that particular community board meeting was uh, Gail Brewer attended, and uh, it was at Blessed Sacrament Church. And there was a discussion concerning the Stratford of Arms, which had just been taken over from AMDA, yeah, really, really, yeah, really quick, Joel. Sorry, just because we have folk, a lot of folks listening. Go ahead. A lot of concerned people because there's a school in place, and they were talking about the different, uh, you know, types of people that were hanging around there. One fellow was Venezuelan, a legitimate immigrant from Le- Le- Venezuela, and he said he could tell by the way they were speaking and their tattoos that there are many very unseemly characters, including cartel within that group. And they are wreaking havoc on people, doing very lewd things. One person of uh, this hotel pulled out his member and did about the lewdest thing you could imagine to another woman who's at the meeting. And oh. meanwhile, to, to, yeah, I know, Gail Brewer's taking at, notes. Wait, 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 at a meeting? At the public meeting? He took out his member? Is that what you're saying? About about 25 people got, got up. No, this happened outside. This happened outside outside that building. And wow. this was being discussed. Somebody somebody spoke and at the meeting a lot of people spoke and people were very heated 
And what I saw is that there's the, the security that's within the building have no teeth to do anything. And the police aren't really doing anything either because they're not given the opportunity to enforce anything. And at the end, nothing really happens. That, so- by the way, Joel, that is that is a formula for just disaster. Um, and and this comes as Mayor Eric Adams is saying we have no more room at the inn um, after he's put the big advertisement that it's a sanctuary city. You know, uh, and again, I, I have said this over and over again, Joel, the Democrats who are complaining about all this. Uh, they're wanting more money from Joe Biden and everywhere else. Why are they not complaining and saying, you know, why don't you close the border, too? Because guess what? It's going to keep coming. It's like an endless stream. Um, and your point, it is so scary. There are so many of them that have never been vetted. We don't know who they are. I'm all for doing it the right way, vetted, organized, smaller amounts, however you want to do it. But so it's controlled. We know what we're dealing with. We have no idea who these people are. And you just talked about the lewd behavior um, and just the fact that we have no idea if they have criminal records, they're gang members, they're cartels, as you brought up. Um, and now we're about to maybe put them in central parks, maybe put them in some public schools, maybe put them on a soccer field on Randall's Island, another place they're talking about in New York. This is nuts. Joel, thank you. Great, great call. We're going to continue your calls after the break, everybody. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And now we are finding out that this gamer who caused mayhem by thousands upon thousands coming out to Union Square Park will be charged for inciting a riot and also unlawful assembly. He did not get a permit. And boy, it was chaotic. People went to the hospital, property destroyed. Uh, let's go to Pete real quick. Line three. Pete, your thoughts. Pete, are you there? Pete, go ahead. Yeah, my brother-in-law got stuck in that crowd coming home from work, and he called me. He was panicking, so I told him, act crazy. Start scratching yourself. Start clearing your throat. Start coughing. Everybody moved away from him, and he got to the train and was able to get home. By by the way, you know, the problem with that, Pete, is then he looks like everybody else walking down the streets of New York. (laughs) Let me go to Jacqueline real quick. Jacqueline 5, line 5. Go ahead, Jacqueline. Rita, you know, these social influences, especially one as popular as that as him, they often make millions and millions of dollars. They should send him the bill for all the devastation and destruction that resulted from his giveaway plan. That's a great point. Send him the bill. He could certainly afford it. Take that gamer who drew a huge crowd and destroyed that park. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a beautiful story coming from South Windsor, Connecticut. Where after serving in the U.S. Navy for, well, almost 80 years ago it was, David Parkinson reached a milestone that not many people can say they have. After turning 100 years old this week, 
David Parkinson celebrated his birthday wearing the Connecticut Wartime Service Medal. Parkinson, who served in the Navy from 1942 to 1946, was honored for his service on his birthday in Connecticut. Now, by the way, during his active duty, David Parkinson witnessed the Battle of Normandy in 1944 and was on the USS Missouri during the Japanese surrender in 1945 to very historical events. The Connecticut Wartime Service Medal, by the way, is awarded to all Connecticut veterans who served on active duty for at least 90 days in a time of war. Parkinson also received a state citation and a flag that was flown over the state capitol. How beautiful and how wonderful that Connecticut is honoring our great veterans. And, of course, this incredible one from the greatest generation. By the way, also, I want to give a big happy birthday to the U.S. Coast Guard. U.S. Coast Guard celebrating its 233rd birthday today since it began in 1790. And I have met so many great members of the U.S. Coast Guard. They do such amazing work. And how incredible uh, that 233 years ago uh, they were launched. And by the way, uh, just to give a little history, in 1790, Congress commissioned the Revenue Cutter Service, a fleet of 10 sailing vessels that patrolled America's coastline to enforce tariffs and protect the young nation's revenue. And that was sort of the beginning of what is now the U.S. Coast Guard. What a great, great story. And we love and appreciate all of you guys. Well, you know how much I love this country and appreciate also fair justice for all. Um, and we were talking about the gamer earlier. Well, now listen to the games that are going on in the Hunter Biden case. This week we heard from Devin Archer. And I really think this was unbelievably devastating testimony against President Biden. And Devin Archer, again, was Hunter Biden's longtime friend. It was like his best friend and also brought him on the Burisma board. That's that Ukrainian energy company that was being investigated that had all these corruption allegations. And he was thick as thieves, if you will, uh, with Hunter Biden. They were in all these business meetings. He went to the White House. And what Devin Archer described this week was clearly a president who's lying. Uh, President Joe Biden has said all along to the American public, I don't know anything about my son's business deals. I'm not aware of anything. I've never talked to him about it. We had this wall, as he described it. He said it over and over again in the campaign and throughout the beginning of his presidency, too, whenever he was asked about it. And he was adamant. He was like defiant about it. And now Devin Archer has just kind of sealed it. We've seen the suspicious activity reports with all this money going into Hunter Biden. We have seen all the activity and all the claims from bank records that James Comer had. And James Comer says, by the way, next week he's coming out with a whole bunch more. And Devin Archer said this week that he physically, this is not like hearsay. This is Devin Archer said he would be in meetings over the years where suddenly Hunter would put his father on the phone, on the speakerphone. And he would say hello to everybody. And who's in the room? You know, these rogue officials from Kazakhstan, these rogue officials from Russia, these rogue officials from China. I mean, it's not like he's like talking to uh, the McDonald's guy or the milkman. You know, you hear the guy with the heavy accent. uh, Hello, I'm from Kazakhstan, you know. And these are people that he's doing business with. 
And I think the most devastating thing that came out this week was a meeting that took place at a restaurant that I know well, Cafe Milano in Washington, D.C. And there was a meeting that took place, an infamous spring 2015 dinner that the White House has maintained for months upon months upon years upon years, I should say, where they have said Joe Biden wasn't there. It's not on his official schedule. So that also looks really suspicious. Why is it not on his schedule? The president goes to the bathroom. Usually it's on his schedule. You know, it's like it's like everything is like, here's what he did. Here's where he was. Here's what. It, so he's apparently went to this dinner. Everybody said there are reports who are at the dinner. There's pictures of him with the guys that were at the dinner. And it's this rogue individuals, this guy who was a guy who later got charged with corruption and treason in Kazakhstan for crimes. Then there's the mayor of Moscow, the former mayor of Moscow's wife, who suddenly puts millions of dollars into Hunter Biden's bank account after this famous dinner. The Kazakhstan buys him a Porsche that's worth $140,000, according to reports after this dinner. Boy, was it a good dinner for Hunter Biden. And then also the Burisma guy, one of the head Burisma guys is there. And soon after this dinner, then Joe actually goes over to Ukraine, remember? And son of a bee, as he describes it at the Council of Foreign Relations, it's all on tape. He basically threatens Ukraine and says, if you don't get rid of this prosecutor, then we're going to withhold aid, a billion dollars worth of aid for you. I mean, that's amazing. Uh, Apparently, he claims... That there are, uh, it was State Department policy to get rid of the guy. Uh, there are reports that it wasn't State Department policy. So there may be some big things coming up soon. But apparently Joe Biden, uh, sudden, suddenly decides to play heavy handed and get rid of this prosecutor. Guess what? The prosecutor was investigating Burisma. Isn't that interesting? So suddenly that prosecutor is gone. And guess what? Burisma wanted to make sure the prosecutor got off their backs. So it turns out Devin Archer tells everybody what we basically knew all along, that Joe Biden was at that dinner. He's like, I was there. And he's asked, what happened at the dinner? Did Joe Biden, like, just pop in? Did he maybe not realize? Well, he's in pictures with these interesting individuals. There's pictures of it, just like there's pictures of him golfing with Devin Archer and the others, you know, the business associates. Remember, he says he's never met him, never talked to his son about him. It's just not true. It's absolutely not true. So he's asked, okay, well, what happens at the dinner? Did Joe Biden just pop in or whatever? He said, Joe had dinner. He said he joined us and had dinner. There were reports he did, but the White House keeps denying it. Joe Biden keeps denying it. Why are they denying it? If it was an innocent dinner, why not just say, yeah, I was there? So that makes it even more suspicious. So not only did Devin Archer confirm that Joe was on the phone, but that also Joe was at least in person for at least one or two. Tony Bobolinsky in the past said he also spoke to Joe, too. So at a different separate meeting. So you got all these separate meetings with business associates. Why is Joe Biden lying? It looks so bad. Here is Devin Archer. He was talking with Tucker Carlson. And he describes a little bit of Joe's intermingling with Hunter's business partners. Listen to this one. There's no corruption here at all. This is totally normal. Joe Biden had no role whatsoever in uh, in his son's business or knowledge of it. But right. How would I mean, that seems false. Yeah, I, I think that. Yeah, I think that's that's categorically false. I think that what what the. He was aware of Hunter's business. He met with Hunter's business partners. He, I mean, you found a letter that 
that illustrates that he knew me. And I he's thanking you. <laughs> he's thanking you for so, his efforts. So I think that was, for, yeah, I think your efforts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that, uh, that's a, um, you know, that's, that's not factually right. And in that letter, he also says, Hey, I'm sorry I was a little busy with President Who yesterday at the luncheon you attended. So wait a minute. He's bringing in Hunter and his business associates to meet with the president of China. And then he says, and by the way, thank you also for, you know, for doing all the things you're doing with Hunter and the business with Hunter. But he doesn't know about business. I, it's just, it is, it is inconceivable. It is inconceivable. That's being kind. Uh, because it just begs the question, why is he not telling the American public the truth? Because all along he said, I know nothing like Sergeant Schultz. Uh, here he is over the years. Just just a couple examples of what Joe Biden has said in the past that certainly do not ring true. How many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. And what I will do is the same thing we did in our administration. There will be an absolute wall between personal and private uh, and, and and the government. Do you stand by your statement that you did not discuss any of your son's overseas business? Yes, I stand by that statement. I still stand by my statement. I still stand by my statement. You heard that. How could he still stand by his statement? I mean, it just seems inconceivable. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Mike in South Carolina. Uh, Mike, I mean, he just looks like a liar. There's, there's no way all these people are making it up. That's what he wants us to believe. Isn't it ironic? In some of the calls tonight, you know, the, the poem to, to the mathematician and this and all, please. Uh, you know, uh, Benito Mussolini. I told friends I happen to be Italian. 100% proud to be my kids are half Italian. I don't care what anyone's nationality is. Be proud of who you are. They, they should they, they should do a Benito Mussolini on, on Joe Biden. Let him, let him hang from a lamppost, old school. You know, unbelievable. We unbelievable. don't want that. We don't want that. Let's start with maybe an impeachment inquiry. I mean, there at least needs to be questions about it. Don't you think, Mike? Because, I mean, it is it is so unseemly. And if it's true... Uh, he really did sell out American policy. And that's why this really needs to get to the bottom of it. I mean, it makes me sick when I see some of the Democrats who are like, oh, uh, Nancy Pelosi was just on TV. I think it was MSNBC today where she basically was like, oh, uh, the Republicans are just looking into Biden for payback. Uh, I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, look at they would have impeached Trump like 20 times based on everything that we know already about Biden. Don't you think, Mike? I do. And it was over the top when I made the, you know, Mussolini, uh, Devon, you know, Archer in his testimony uh, 20 times <clears throat> on a speakerphone. And Biden, you're a, you're a, a thieving Democratic demon devil with your crackhead son. And you're going to go down. And the NYPD, good for them for what they did, uh, you know, with this Union Square. And this country, Chicago, you know, it's all the Democratic cities. It's a killing field. And Sharpton. You know, Eric Adams, you, you go to these clubs, and you know what? Why don't you play the theme song? You're both racist. Burning down the house. Burning down the house. Play that song. Well, and I, by the way, I hate all of this, like, uh, you know, the the sort of excuses, Mike. I mean, one of the things we're seeing now is this trend of these liberal mayors 
who are like making excuses for bad behavior. I played the, uh, you know, the Chicago mayor. Um, what is your thoughts, Mike? I don't know if you heard it, but the Chicago mayor, he gets asked, what do you think of all these like young teens uh, that are just like, you know, overrunning and destroying property and businesses and and this wild mob. And he doesn't say, oh, it's terrible. They shouldn't do it. He gets mad at the reporter for using the word mob. I mean, I, this you, you can't make this up. This is like Looney Kazooneyville, Mike. Your thoughts? I like that expression, Looney Kazooneyville. And you know what? That is a perfect example. Uh, you know, my daughter teaches middle school. She's on vacation. She's 33. I know it's a tough age you taught. Oh, you got it. Poor kids. Like even a crackhead, a hunter Biden. Oh, my poor son. You're going down, you Democratic demons in all these cities with Democratic mayors. It's getting out of control. It's a killing field. Well, that's why my people need to think when they go to the voting booth, Um, because what's amazing is this guy got reelected after the terrible track record that we already saw with Lori Lightfoot. Like you would think they would have had a wake up call. You know, you would have thought they would have said, oh, my gosh, they had a choice. They had another Democrat, the guy. And we've interviewed him who was very pro-police. He had all supports from the police union. This guy was blatantly defund the police. By the way, Alvin Bragg uh, on the DA side, when Alvin Bragg did a, you know, when he did a debate and when he was there, he blatantly said that he wants to go soft on criminals, essentially. I mean, he telegraphed it and he got elected. He got elected with a lot of Soros money, but he did get elected. So people need to have a wake-up call that elections have consequences. Mike, I love you. Thank you very much. Have a great, great weekend. Let's go to Kathy, line five. Kathy, your thoughts about all this? My thoughts are that it it's not inconceivable at all, and it's not even shocking. There's a long record with uh, Joe Biden, and I voted for him. And But the truth is, is what it is, and I think Obama as well was very reluctant to endorse uh, Biden. And he said, you know, Joe has a way of screwing things up. Um, It was out there, just like a lot of things in our families, in our own lives, and we don't see it. And and Kathy, Kathy, let me ask you, you just said you voted for Biden. Do you have buyer's remorse? Yeah, of course I do. He totally uh, misled and was deceptive. And there were a lot of people who uh, voted for Biden, you know, and I'm sure some people regret Trump in many ways. Let's be real. But, you know, Biden's history is such that this is not surprising. And it's actually very it's actually very disturbing. I, and and uh, by the way, I agree too, Kathy, that that uh, by the first time I met Biden, I met Biden when I was in college. Uh, and I, I remember talking to him when I was in college in the 1980s. Uh, when I was in college and then I met him early when I came to, uh, you know, Washington, D.C. I was senior correspondent for Fox in Washington, covered White House, Capitol Hill, all that. He was one of the first people I remember meeting um, on Capitol Hill. He was then senator. And so but it's still you still go, whoa, this is if what they're saying um, and I'm and I'm going to say what is a fact, it is a high crime and misdemeanor. You know, they say that, you know, that. These are the high crimes that you would actually try somebody for. 
you know, that and I'm talking about in terms of like an impeachment, that when you look at what are what are some of the things that you would actually go after a president for? This is considered a high crime if he was indeed, you know, influence peddling, bribery, treason, all these different things, making decisions based on money for his family. Uh, if that had an impact. That, uh, that is just, it's obviously his son shouldn't be making money when his son, when his president, you know, his father at the time was vice president and he's in charge of that policy. That's wrong. That's unethical, but it's really unethical if he benefited and that's why he may have changed a policy or have influenced a policy, uh, and, and basically determining American policy based on money. That is absolutely shameful. Um, and that's a real serious offense. And, and that's why I have, I have friends who voted for Joe Biden and they're saying many the same things you are too, Kathy, tonight that they just, they have a deep, deep regret because he sold himself on being the moral guy. Remember, that's how he came in, uh, when he was going up against Trump. He's like, he's going to clean up all the filth he was saying in the White House. And he's the family guy and he's the good guy and he's going to get rid of all this indecency that's going on and this bribery and all these other things that he was basically saying of Trump. And now what we're seeing that he may have been involved in is much worse than anything Trump's even been accused of ever. I mean, it is just it is really stunning to see. And that's why we need to get to the bottom of it, Kathy. Uh, The American public needs to know the full story and needs to know the truth. We're going to continue your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show on this great Friday night. This is The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. By the way, President Trump putting out on his social media platform a little bit ago, warning his opponents, declaring, if you go after me, I'm coming after you. Uh, so, wow, uh, the battle lines are drawn. And just a little bit ago, President Trump in Montgomery, Alabama, making his first sort of rally appearance since this third indictment that took place yesterday says that he believes this is all about going after him, blocking in his supporters, and he just won't take it. Take a listen. They want to take away my freedom because I will never let them take away your freedom. It's very simple. They want to silence me because I will never let them silence you. In the end, they're not after me. They're after you, and I just happen to be standing in their way. And this comes as these devastating details are coming out in the investigation of Joe Biden and his family. So where do you see all this going? What an action-packed week we had. And next week, James Comer may be releasing some bank records. He was saying uh, some of the bank records that he's getting uh, tied to Kazakhstan, tied to Russia, uh, tied to Ukraine. You know what's interesting? Those are the three countries where they had representatives at that dinner at that restaurant in Washington, D.C. What a coincidence. Uh, let's go to Mark on line six from Kansas. Go ahead, Mark. Hey, Rita. I bet you if you made a phone call or two, some of your friends from uh, that particular restaurant, I bet you somebody's got more than one person's got a picture of Biden at that dinner that night. Yeah, well, you know what? There, There is a picture, Mark, um, 
of apparently uh, a couple of them standing there, and it sure looks like it's at Cafe Milano. But you're right, there might be some more of them out there, don't you think? Because it's a pretty popular restaurant. You and I know that restaurant well. If you call some of your friends, uh, I'm sure that somebody's got some pictures from that night. Oh, and by the way, it not being on his official schedule, check with the Secret Service to see if they didn't uh, have a, a travel log record of him going to that restaurant that night. Great point. Thank you, my friend. Uh, and by the way, uh, Mark, I know who he is. He's one of the great, great photographers out there in the country. Mark, I love you. Have a great weekend. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.